European Hearts Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 39, Issue 36, Focus Issue on Acute Coronary Syndrome, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. Acute and Chronic Coronary Syndromes, Coronary Dissection, Intraplaque Hemorrhage, and Late Lumen Loss. For consistency, we should not only talk about acute coronary syndromes, or ACS, as it encompasses STEMI, NSTEMI, unstable angina, Minoka, and Takotsubo syndrome, but also about chronic coronary syndromes. Indeed, chronic coronary syndromes not only include stable coronary artery disease due to an obstructing plaque, but also coronary spasm and microvascular angina, among others. Spontaneous coronary artery dissection has long been recognised as a cause of ACS, but its management remains unclear and challenging. In a current opinion entitled European Society of Cardiology Acute Cardiovascular Care Association SCAD Study Group, a position paper on spontaneous coronary artery dissection, David Adlam from the University of Leicester in the UK notes that, although initially considered very rare and associated primarily with pregnancy and the peripartum period, the use of higher sensitivity troponin assays and early angiography in ACS, coupled with greater awareness of the condition, has led to increased recognition as a significant cause of ACS, predominantly in young to middle-aged women. Although there are no randomized controlled trials in spontaneous coronary dissection, knowledge has advanced recently, mainly based on large registries. Not only is spontaneous coronary dissection a distinct entity, but there are key differences in management and outcomes compared to ACS of atherosclerotic etiology. This position paper presents the consensus on contemporary management and areas of controversy and uncertainty which remain a focus of ongoing research. Besides mechanical forces, spasm and inflammation, hemorrhage may also elicit plaque rupture. In their article, Antithrombotic treatment is associated with intraplaque hemorrhage in the atherosclerotic carotid artery, a cross-sectional analysis of the Rotterdam study. Blairim Mujaj and colleagues from the Erasmus MC in Rotterdam in the Netherlands remind us that antithrombotic treatment plays a key role in stroke prevention, but their direct effects on the composition of carotid artery atherosclerotic plaques are unknown. Thus, they investigated carotid artery plaque composition during antithrombotic treatment. 1,740 individuals with carotid atherosclerosis underwent MRI. Interestingly, current and past use of vitamin K antagonists, odds ratio of 1.9, and antiplatelet agents, odds ratio of 1.22, was associated with a higher presence of intraplaque hemorrhage. Also, a longer duration of use was associated with a higher frequency of intraplaque hemorrhage with an odds ratio of 3.15 for the use of vitamin K antagonists and a trend for antiplatelet agents, odds ratio of 1.21. Of note, 
Higher levels of INR above 2.97 for vitamin K antagonists, odds ratio of 1.48, and higher daily defined dosage than 1.0 for antiplatelet agents, odds ratio of 1.50, were related to a higher frequency of intraplaque hemorrhage. Thus, antithrombotic treatment is associated with a higher frequency of intraplaque hemorrhage in carotid plaques. These provocative findings are put into context in a thoughtful editorial by Eloke Virmani Finn from CV Path in Gaithersburg, Maryland in the USA. In device trials, the values of angiographic late lumen loss have become extremely low, and the current relationship between late lumen loss and clinical endpoints is not known. In their article, Angiographic Late Lumen Loss Revisited, Impact on Long-Term Target Lesion Revascularization, Patrick W. Soroys and colleagues from Imperial College London in the UK investigated the impact of late lumen loss on target lesion revascularization in a meta-analysis of seven randomized controlled trials, including 2,426 patients treated with first- and second-generation drug-eluting stents. In the patient-level analysis, the probability regression curve showed an exponential relationship between the two-year incidence of target lesion revascularization. The optimal cutoff value of late lumen loss was 0.50 mm. Indeed, late lumen loss above 0.50 mm was associated with an increased incidence of target lesion revascularization up to four years. These results are further discussed in an editorial by Lorenz Reber from the Bern University Hospital in Switzerland. In another current opinion, cardioprotection research must leave its comfort zone, Gerd Heusch from the Centre for Internal Medicine in Essen, Germany, reflects on the translational gap between robust experimental studies on the reduction of infarct size by cardioprotective interventions and substances as adjunct to reperfusion and clinical trials with reduced events during follow-up. He emphasizes the need for better preclinical studies using large animal models with comorbidities and co-medications and longer follow-up. This issue is further complemented by two discussion forum contributions. The first relates to the article Sildenafil for Improving Outcomes in Patients with Corrected Valvular Heart Disease and Persistent Pulmonary Hypertension, a multicenter double-blind randomized clinical trial by Javier Bermejo and colleagues. In their contribution, The Elephant in the Room, Hayan al-Maluli and colleagues from the Sanford Medical Center, Fargo, in North Dakota, USA, comment on this article, and Bermejo and colleagues respond to it in a separate contribution. The second discussion relates to the article Liver Fat Content, NAFLD, and Ischemic Heart Disease, Mendelian Randomization and Meta-Analysis of 279,013 Individuals, by Anne Tybjerg Hansen and colleagues from the Rieks Hospitalet in Copenhagen, Denmark. <laughs> 
In their contribution entitled Liver Fat Content, Non-Alcoholic Fatty Liver Disease and Risk of Ischemic Heart Disease, Giovanni Targa and Christopher Bien from the Hospital Trust of Verona in Italy comment on this article, and Tybierg Hansen and colleagues respond to it in a comprehensive manner. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers. <laughs>